Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to At the Corner. And we're back, and we are in our off-season program now. Appreciate you guys bearing with us as we uh, took a break to let me get uh, settled in what was an extremely busy move. Um, packed my life in a box and sent it off to storage while I'm off in Oklahoma doing some training for my job. But we have another special episode for you guys. Uh, I-, I don't know how Chuck does it, man. He just, he does. Uh, Chuck was able to get Timmy Heron to sit down with us. Uh, obviously, Tim was just added to the Guardians 40-man roster to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. Uh, and that's super awesome. You guys are going to hear us talk to him a lot about his development, his growth. Uh, and he's a super cool dude. He's down to earth. Probably one of the most relaxed interviews we've had on this podcast. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy. Here is the interview that Chuck and I did with Timmy Heron. You're listening to At The Corner, a Cleveland Guardians podcast by Zach Caldwell and Chuck B. Fastball hit in the air. A swing and a drive! Pull way back! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, Welcome to At The Corner. I'm your host, Zach. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Chuck. Chuck, hello. What's up, brother? How we doing? It's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. It's been a week in Guardians land. It's been a crazy couple weeks for both of us personally. I lost some I lost some money on football today. Other than that, I'm doing okay. Did you bet the Jets game? I did not, but as a Jets fan, I I watched the end of that game. That was pretty upsetting. <laughs> oh, I watched the end of that too. I tuned in just in time. Uh so out here in Oklahoma where I'm at, I think we had we had the Colts and Eagles game. And they tuned in just in time with like a minute and thirty seconds left on the Pats Jets game for me to see the end of that. And I'm like, Oh man, Chuck's going to be, I haven't recovered from it. It was (laughs) such a bad ending. Like I haven't recovered. All right. Well, we can, we can talk football some other time, but we have a special guest compliments of Chuck again. Uh, Chuck was kind enough uh, to ask Timmy Heron to join us. And so ladies and gentlemen, Tim Heron is here with us. Tim, say hello. Introduce yourself. How you doing? Thank you, guys. Yeah, Timmy Heron. Appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited to to do this with you guys. Right on. Well, we're excited to have you yes. here. Uh, we've done a couple of these. We really like uh, having an avenue for people to get to know players. Uh, one of our missions here is we want to make the game more accessible to everybody, uh, and we really believe that you know you guys sitting down and just having a conversation helps make that a reality. So, Chuck, this is your lead, man. I will follow, and I'll just kind of guide the conversation. So, take it away. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I'm, I'm usually not the lead on the show. But, Timmy, it's been a crazy week for you, um, for, for your career, for you personally. What was this? What was so, as we know, the newest member of the Guardians 40-man roster, what was, what was that phone call like? And uh, take us on, what was it? It was Tuesday. Um, yeah. What was that day like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was... It was interesting, um, really exciting. I knew obviously Tuesday was the deadline to protect guys, um, add them to the roster or whatever. Um, I was actually at work while when I got the call. I got a I got a text. I love that. Rob Cerfolio, Um He kind of texted me and just said, "Hey, do you have five minutes?" And this was after that six o'clock deadline, so like, kind of. Yeah, figured, I was I was getting nervous too. Yeah, well, I they, they gave me the call or he texted me. I asked one of my friends, I was like, hey, can I just take a, a call real quick? And they said, yeah. 
So I called him and I kind of going into the call, I kind of had an idea is either that or they traded me. So, um, <laughs> so it was one of those two. So it could have been, it is kind of an exciting or a little bit of nerves going into the call, but, um, I got on the phone with him. He just told me congratulations. Like, Hey, you've, you've really, you've worked hard over the last couple of years and we've noticed it. And, um, congratulations, you're on the 40 man. And it was kind of a surreal feeling. I don't even know if it's really set in yet. Um, just, um, it, it was, it was crazy because it's one more step in the direction I'm trying to get, which is playing the major leagues. And Absolutely. it's a big step. Absolutely. And it, it was, it was, it was awesome. I called my family, called my girlfriend. It was, it was cool. Awesome. Hell yeah, man. That's a, uh, that's pretty cool. We, uh, Honestly, like, so I've done, I've learned a lot about prospects this year. I've really dive, dove in. I had been slacking the last couple of years, but uh, if there is anybody that knew that you had a legitimate chance to be added to the 40 man roster, it's that guy right there. Yeah. I think I, I was, you I was, called I was, it back I, I, in, I was like you called ago. it back in March, didn't you? March yeah. or April, something <laughs> stupid of, early. We're going to get, we're going to get into your, into your stuff later, but, um, it's what, so this year, Timmy, uh, it's really been a crazy year for you. Um, and you're, so now you're, you're on the 40 man roster. Can you taste it? You know, you, you see, cause you're in your part, your draft class. It's, it's people don't, people don't know. It's a crazy underrated draft class. You got Bo Naylor in there. You got Steven Kwan, our guy, Richie Palacios, Cody Morris, yeah. uh, Lava, Lava Stita. Yeah. I, I we're talking about it's a great dra- draft class. You know, so uh, Ethan Hankins, Lenny Torres, there's some there's some incredible talent in that 2018 draft class, almost like the 2016 draft class with Bieber, Savali, the police act. So can you now that you've seen some of the members of of the draft class that you were drafted with came up in the system with make the major leagues. Now you're on the 40 man roster. Can you can you taste it, Timmy? Can you sense it almost? I, I can I can taste it. It's. When I got that call, it like kind of put it into perspective. Like, hey, like I'm knocking on the door, and I have a lot to prove. I have a lot I'm working on right now uh, to really take that big leap to get to the major leagues. But yeah, I think of it's starting to kind of set in a little bit. Like, hey, like you're almost there. Like this is what you've been working for since I've been playing baseball since I was like five, six years old. So it's kind of crazy that I've come this far and I'm, I'm really knocking on the door right now. So what would you say? uh, Let me ask you this. So this year, what do you think is something you improved upon the most? I would say, honestly, a lot of it um, for me was more of a mental growth um, than it was physical. Um, I think the stuff, obviously I had, I got to tick up with some things. Um, but I think me just understanding my pitches a little bit better, when to use them, how to use them. Um, I felt like I had a little bit more control and command with my pitches, both off speed. and Um, so I think just kind of understanding myself a little more and not putting as much pressure on, um, I guess myself to be perfect out there every time. Um, I have a tendency to be one of my hardest, my biggest critics. Um, and I've, they've talked to me a lot about that. Like you're like, you're good. Just go out there and play your game. Um, don't try to be too fine, too perfect. 
I felt like I was a little more free this season um, to kind of open up and just do what I do and see how everything works out. And um, it just it worked out well for me this year. I had a really good year. That's oh, awesome, so let's, man. Let's, so, oh, you go, go ahead, Zach. You go. Nope. Go ahead. Okay. So let's let's now. What I what people don't know. Well, I want our viewer. What I want our our viewers to know. But some people might not know about you. You were you were drafted in the 29th round, 29th yeah. round. So you got you had the work and claw, and hard work and dedication, commitment, like oh, as much as anybody. What what was what was draft night like? Let's go. Let's rewind all the way back. We'll go. We'll go from. Yeah. We'll go from the great Indiana U to to forty nine roster. What was draft night like for you? Actually, uh, I remember the day pretty well. I. So going into the draft, I kind of, um, with my advisor just talking to him and who scouts he's talked to, um, I expect I didn't expect to be like a super high round pick, but I expected to be higher than I was, right. and I kind of fell. Um, so that what I mean, it's a little bit like you know, it's just you're sitting around like, why aren't I getting the call? Like, what's going on? Um, and then the Guardians finally called. Um, did you have a sense they, that they would that they were interested in you? Like, did did you know that they were? I. I I did a little bit, but they they were like fourth or fifth team I expected to draft in me because they they had they interviewed me at school they kept in touch a little bit um, but I wasn't they weren't really on my on my radar to be drafted necessarily um, but I'm glad they did obviously but yeah so I I kind of was waiting around to know if I was going to hear my name after it got past twenty whatever and I'm like okay like maybe I should think about going back to school and um, doing all, because it was only my junior year. Um, my agent texted me and told me that the Guardians wanted to, to draft me, and we worked out all the numbers, and I was I was excited. I was pumped. It was obviously come true to get to get drafted in general. It didn't really matter. In the moment, it didn't matter at all where it was. It was just to get your name called on draft day was pretty incredible, and it was actually the same day as my, uh, my brother's senior uh, he was a senior in high school at the time. It was a graduation hey. party. So I, I had gotten drafted at his graduation party. So it's like turned into a dual celebration kind of thing. Did so that, that's that's an amazing that that is actually incredible. Did you did you go to Arizona for like the there's isn't is there like a ceremony or something like that for all like the like the formal draft yeah. signings? Yeah, I think like it was two or it was like two weeks after the draft, maybe maybe a week and a half. Um, they flew out all the draft guys and. Um, they put us through just like the standard physicals testing, just to make sure everything's okay. Right. And then, um, they did like a little thing for us to sign our contract and take pictures. Did you go down and, with your family? Uh, so no, my family actually didn't come down to Arizona with me. Right. It was just me. Um, yeah, I have, so I have three younger brothers. So they were all, my parents were kind of tied up with, they all play sports. They're all tied up during the summer. Um, so God bless was, your parents, man. I know they've got yeah. their hands full. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So now, so now, so what, what's the, what's the, we've had, we've, we've interviewed a couple of people here. How great is that Arizona complex? Oh, it's, it's great. Like, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of the other ones, but from what I've heard, like we have one of the better ones. Um, I think our locker rooms are nice. Our weight room is from what I've heard and seen pictures. It's if not the best, one of the best in Arizona, uh, spring training facility wise, which is a huge thing. Cause you have all all the minor league guys, all the big league guys. We're all trying to share one weight room, wow. and there there's orgs that have 
like half the size we do and they're just trying to share and i've heard i've heard stories in other orgs where guys like the big league guys are working out so they get like the minor league guys have like a little corner they have to do all their stuff in it's just like a we kind of lucked out with um it's like a double decker weight room we have in arizona we have the upstairs it's like cardio equipment downstairs weights platforms all that stuff so so when you were drafted by cleveland Cleveland has a has an amazing reputation of developing pitching. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. like you know they're so incredible. Arm uh, Tristan McKenzie, obviously Shane, Berger, Corey Corey Kluber, uh, you know Aaron Savali. You know, there's like uh, yeah. Carlos Carrasco. It goes on and on forever. Did you? Like, what was it like? Is there? Did you tell yourself that like I'm I'm a, I'm these guys know how to develop pitching and I'm I'm going to a place where uh, like. Uh, they know what they're doing. Like you know, like did you did you know did you know about the pitching factory? So that's what I was gonna say. Like I, it, I didn't actually know much about the Guardians. They're like their kind of background with pitchers and all that stuff. Um, but when I got drafted, um, the agent told me like, hey, like this is one of the better situations you could be in um, when it comes to developing. Um, and I learned really quickly like, hey, like I'm in the right place for me in my career. Um, and just looking back on from when I was drafted to now, it's just, it's kind of incredible just how far I've come in just a four or five year span. Um, so it's been, I'm blessed every day that they were the ones that drafted me because I don't know if I'm where I am without yes, them. So it's been great for me. Yeah. So That's Zach, awesome. you, you want to go or you want me to keep going? Yep. So I got you. So what are, what are some things that when you were drafted by the guardians initially, what are some things that they had you work on um, that were different from when you were in college at Indiana university? So Um, like, so we talked to Tanner Bybee. So, um, you know, Tanner told us they worked a lot on some of the shape of his pitches. Uh, They worked on some of his delivery mechanics. What are some Mm -hmm. things, obviously only as far as you're comfortable because you know, every team has their secrets. Um, what are some yeah. things they had you work on that you think benefited you the most? Um, so my first year in 2018 when I was drafted, that I played in the Arizona, the I guess the ACL now is the AZL back then when I was there. But um, when I first got there, I didn't. There wasn't a whole lot of we're changing this or that. It was more like they wanted to kind of see what kind of pitcher I was, how my stuff played, kind of thing um initially um but I will say that first summer I picked up a lot on um the Guardians are big on routines and um recovery work and all that stuff and in Indiana I wasn't necessarily the biggest like do a lot of prep work or do a lot of stuff with the trainer unless I was kind of feeling a little off um but I think I kind of got more into um having a routine for myself a prep routine just to get my body feeling good and moving right and then um, and then going into that off season, um, they gave me some things to work on with, I guess it was kind of pitch shape and, um, mechanical stuff, but I didn't really nothing, not a whole lot changed until 2019. Um, I came training. I didn't have a great spring training. Um, and then I went to extended and that's where we kind of overhauled, overhauled everything. We overhauled my upper half mechanics. We um, worked on using my lower half more. I never used my lower half a lot in college or even when I first got drafted. 
Um, and I went from that spring training in 2019. I was just throwing my fastball 88 to 90. Um, and then by the time extended was over, I was hitting 91 to 94, um, just in like a month and a half span. So I think it was more, I've always kind of had it in me. Cause I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big guy. Like I think I've always had a kind of the, I've always been relatively strong in the weight room. Um, I think it was them kind of teaching me how to move and use my body more efficiently. And I think it kind of clicked that that was that first big jump was that extended spring training in 2019 for me. Um, and then had a good 2019 and then really hoping to have a good 2020. And then obviously oh, we know how that worked out. Then season, And then, but yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> after that 2019 year, when it came to mechanics, we kind of found what worked for me. So I just kind of fine tuned things here and there. Um, but I haven't, that big overhaul was 2019 extended where I kind of made my jumps with just my stuff by itself. So how did you, how did you handle the 2020 season? So obviously there was no minor league season. Um, Mm -hmm. Teams were only permitted to have an alternate training site. How did you manage that? And how did you stay in shape and on top of things? You know, obviously the uncertainty sucks, you know, watching it from the perspective of us fans, you know, those of us that are prospect minded, it's like, we think about, you know, what the heck is, how did, how did these guys stay in shape? How did you, how did you stay yeah. in your rhythm? Yeah. So my, that COVID summer was really weird. I've never, I didn't really know how to go about it at first. Cause when we first left the complex, they kind of told us like, Hey, like be ready to come back in two or three oh, weeks. Yeah. Like, spring, it, it started, spring training started actually. And uh-huh. they sent us home oh and then they God. told us, oh, I forgot about that. Told us like, hey, it'll be too much. Obviously, back. It's kind of funny that they said that. Like, well, like, do you plan on coming back or like going straight to an affiliate like two or three weeks? And obviously, that didn't happen. So the first couple of weeks, I was uh, throwing. I was actually living in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, I had just graduated that fall of 2019, going into 2020. Wow. I saw I saw an apartment in Bloomington, so um, I I was. I went back there and I was throwing with a buddy who plays for the Diamondbacks. Um, and we were just kind of just didn't really know what was going on. But, um, and then once we realized there wasn't going to be a season, um, we kind of just took it on ourselves. We, uh, we did a lot of, we threw five days a week. We had a big turf field at the intramural fields in Bloomington uh, on campus. Um, and then at one point, my buddy, built he hand built uh, a mound we didn't have a mound to throw on we wanted to throw a bullpen so we built a mound like our own just makeshift that's mound awesome. put <laughs> some turf awesome, on man. it and then measured it out through into bullpens twice a week for a while there um and then i found the place i'm training at now i found them towards the back end of that summer um which i'm glad i did they're located in indianapolis and i just came here to like throw some lives like live ab to stay competitive and um i i the place i'm training at now i think they've helped me a lot too growing as a pitcher so once i realized that i wanted to keep training there i kind of moved up here i work in the off season train at the same place but yeah that was kind of my summer i i threw i threw real fields and i would throw down (laughs) so so, that's something hold on so that that's interesting perspective because 
I don't think a lot of people understand like the amount of adversity that that whole thing brought on, you know, for minor leaguers, especially um, access to training facilities. It's a big stinking deal. Uh, yeah. Not only that, yeah. but access to trainers with injuries, um, you know, professional grade workout equipment, you know, that stuff doesn't, it doesn't float on shelves for a reason. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I, even, yeah, my, I mean, my hometown, there's not really anything. So I, my first two off season at Bloomington, Indiana, trying to train at just the baseball, like I, they let me use the facilities was great, but I was kind of on my own, like not really having a lot of direction. And then I found this place in Indianapolis and I realized like, if I want to take my career seriously, I had to, I had to make the move. So I moved up to Indianapolis and I've been training here since COVID. Wow. So you're from Terre Haute, Indiana, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, that's pretty tiny, pretty tiny town. Yeah. So Chuck, you, Chuck, you had something on your mind. So Timmy, you're so now, now this year, you actually last year, you, you get drafted as a starter, right? At 20, 2018. And now you're going to get turned, you go into the, uh, into reliever role, into the bullpen. What was that transition like for you? Cause from, from, in my personal opinion, well, people, well, people don't like know you completely reinvented yourself as a pitcher in the, in the last year, in the last year or two, from every from every rate, to, from swing and miss rate, K rate, um, it, you completely like reinvented yourself and blossomed as an incredible pitcher. What has been the transition like from a starter from from a starter going to a reliever? Um, so it wasn't as hard as some people. For for me, it wasn't terribly difficult. Um, in college, I did start most of the time but my freshman year I was strictly a reliever my sophomore year I kind of split half and half reliever starter and then junior year as a starter but um so I like I had the experience as a reliever um but going in when I got drafted I didn't really know what they had planned for me um and then it was probably a couple weeks into the AZL season I kind of realized like hey like this is gonna be my role like I'm a reliever so um um, it was kind of, um, it wasn't, I, I enjoy the reliever role, honestly. Um, I know some guys love to start a role and I, I, I loved it too. I just, I mean, I'm, I like to compete, like whatever it takes for me to get on the field. That's what I want to do. Um, but I, I, I embrace the coming into a game in a tough situation, getting a couple outs or having to throw a couple innings in the middle of a game to kind of stop the bleeding or hold a lead or just whatever it takes to kind of win a game. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I've kind of embraced that role as, and I don't even know what future plans are, like where they want me in the pen. Cause they, I feel like in the minors, they like to move guys around and roll just to see what fits best for them. Like sometimes they'll come in late in the game. Like you'll come in the fourth inning or seventh, eighth. Like I feel like they move guys around a lot in the minors to kind of just get a feel of where they might want to use them in the big leagues. So it is interesting. Just, I don't know where exactly they see me, my whole being, but whatever it is, I'll embrace it. And I'll do whatever I can to help us. Well, there it is. That's the third person to tell us. Not exactly the same as Richie and Tanner told us, but be where your feet are. Is yeah, exactly. that that mantra repeats itself. I think that's a very good mindset to have because there because it's a, it, there really is there is president on this last year, Sam Hitchens. You know he, he happens yeah. to be left handed. Yeah. Um, he he started. He didn't really have any. He he was he was rushed actually because he didn't really. He was coming off. He had Tommy John, and then he was he didn't really have a really development year in the minors. Twenty twenty. 
kind of kind of pick. He was just at the alternate site for yeah. COVID, right? And then debuted in twenty one. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we now there's a lot of there's a lot of talented guys in the minor league in our, in our system. You got you got Nick mm-hmm. Enright, Nick Nicolakchak, you know uh, Missy Missyazak, uh, Kelly. There, there's there's a there's a lot of talented guys. Well, what was that like competing with your fellow with your fellow guys in the system? Uh, I mean, it's great. It really pushes you, and I think what makes it even better is we're all we're all good friends. Like we don't have that mindset. I think I've heard, I mean, it happens. There's guys in other orgs, or there could be guys in our org. I don't know, but I feel like there's times where I mean, the minor leagues. Like as much as you are on a team, you're all competing for jobs at upper higher levels, and you want to do well and um, I'm not saying guys root for guys not to do well, but some guys just like they have that like I need to do better than him, right? Blah blah blah, whatever. But I think we at least had the relievers. Um, I felt like we were a pretty close knit group, and we really supported each other and rooted for each other. And um, all those guys, we still keep in touch. And like Nick and Ryan and Miziazic were one of the first people to text me and tell me congrats on the forty man kind of thing. And it, it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. So that's awesome. And I think, I think that's evident that Cleveland believes, uh, I love you know, that obviously in your future potential because they, they don't want some other team swiping you. Yeah. They I'm don't want be, you playing I'm for somebody be, else. I'm going to be praying on my knees during the, for, during the rule five draft that we don't lose any guys. There's so much, there's yeah, so I mean, many, so yeah, much time there's, guys. there's a lot. There are, a lot of oh. our, a lot of guys that we just i mean obviously it's hard to protect everybody because oh, cool. there's just in, space but we have, like you said there's a lot of yeah, talent um nikolachek miss yazak kelly nick enrique gabriel rodriguez yeah. a very 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 yeah. very high title prospect uh international prospect um uh ethan hankins uh there, there's there's a lot yeah, of yeah. there's a lot of talent so now let's yeah. go to the question that i've been dying to ask you how in the hell do you do you throw ninety eight miles an hour, and you're drafted what throwing eighty nine ninety? What's the secret? Like, tell us about it. And so we've we've had we've interviewed multiple people. We've interviewed a coach. We interviewed we've interviewed um, Tanner Bybee, who also had a incredible spike in velocity. I don't I don't well, obviously I don't want to give any secrets, but is that as a as a performer and as a and as a and as a minor leaguer and a and a, and a, and a professional athlete, what was it like to what do you grow into your velocity over the years? How how's it happen? Yeah, I, I I'd love to say like I know the secret sauce to just throwing ninety eight. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible to watch you pitch now. Like like I said, uh, in that twenty nineteen extend, I think it's I think part of it's been like I think I've always had it in me. It was just trying to find it. I've had because like I said, I was always pretty strong in the weight room. Like I worked hard. It wasn't that. It was just I don't think I knew how to move on the mound well like it wasn't efficient with my mechanics and um i had no lower half to speak of in college or even when i first got to pros um but i think working with the guardians pitching staff and them kind of pointing out all my deficiencies and us working on it um got me in a good spot and then like i said i kind of 2019 had a little spike and then nothing in 2020 and 2021 i started the year like one to four still and then by the end of the year I was four like three to five touching six I think I hit seven once last year um and then this year I think I kind of just finally nailed down what my mechanics need to be and I think I finally 
clicked and i don't know i think i had another spike but was there a moment where like pitching in game and you just you throw it as hard as you can and it hits the glove you look at the gun you just say to yourself like whoa holy shit that just threw it at 99 miles an hour like did ever like hit you (laughs) it's definitely it's definitely funny because i remember before i like looking back like i would see guys throw 99 like 98 and i'm just like i wonder what it would feel like to to do that like throw it and then see that and then now that i i do that sometimes i like see it i'm just like well it kind of just felt like i just threw 92 but because <laughs> i like a lot of times i don't try it's one of those things like i think cleaning up my mechanics and being more efficient with right. my movements kind of unlocked that extra velocity to where i don't feel like i have to throw as hard as i can or like tense everything up to try and throw hard it kind of just comes out hard which is obviously That's awesome a good that is awesome yeah so it's feels good i think like i said i mean all the work that i put in with the the pitching coaches and my people i train with here in indianapolis i think um i think just unlocking that last little bit was the key get get ready timmy now have you noticed get get ready Timmy. have you noticed an increase in ride oh yeah huh i just wanted to ask real quick so with the spike in velocity on your fastball have you noticed an increase in the ride on your fastball in the right uh so i actually haven't um funny that that's something i've been in discussions with with like pitching coaches and my trainers here actually so i throw a four seam and a sinker um so i have both um the sinker metrically is it's where i want it to be the four seams one of those things where sometimes i get the ride i want sometimes i don't it's kind of um not the most efficient pitch I have, um, which is something I'm kind of working on this off season. Um, but we have noticed, I did notice last year at one point, I was able to decrease my like horizontal movement. So it almost appears as a cutter, like a, just a riding cutter. Cause my ride's never been great on my four seam. I've never been a big true ride guy. Um, but I've noticed that I'm able to manipulate it just enough to where it'll, appear as like a rising cutter instead of just a true forcing which has helped with swing and miss on that and um it's played a lot better off my cutter and slider um everything's kind of coming this way um and then i have the two seam to go the other way if i need to go but get ready timmy when you're in training camp you're gonna have to pitch next to emmanuel classe who rolls out of bed and throws 101 of our cutters Oh, yeah. I, 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 I've opened for a couple of the major league spring training games this past year, and it's that guy is something. He that literally animal, rolls out like, of bed and throws 101. Is the most just it's it's wild. Like, I, I've obviously I've seen it on TV and like in games, but before this past spring training, I've never like witnessed it in person from like behind. And I'm watching this guy just look like he's not trying and it's coming 98 in the bullpen, just cutting like that. It's it's something else. I'm like, how does anyone ever touch it? Which they don't really, but like, it's insane. I'm, I think it, his his is definitely an example of one of those, like, I think his throwing form just naturally lends itself. That's why they call it a natural cutter. Because yeah. Because yeah. there's no way to teach that. You just yeah. you throw it like yeah. that. And you yeah. throw it at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, that guy, it, it's something. When I see him, every time I saw him throw, I was just like, I'm glad I'm not a hitter. Like, I'm, I'm glad I'm a pitcher. <laughs> And like he can that. run to complement that. He can dice his slider in there with command you know, anywhere with from like ninety-two to ninety-eight. You're gonna have guys like that who are that electric, and 
he like he doesn't walk guys either, which is insane. Like he just throws, he pounds his own, and guys just can't. It's it's cool to so, watch. So I just yep. want to touch back on your pitch mix a little bit. So pitch savant has you as a four seamer slider cutter. Now you mentioned your sinker. Is have you always is, has your slider always been your always been your breakaway uh, off speed pitch? Yeah. So the slider has been my pitch since high school or I guess college. Um, it was always just fastball slider changeup. Um, and then honestly, the cutter came over the 2019 off season. So going into 2020 that we didn't have, I was working on, I wanted a harder slider because my slider at the time in 2019 season, I was getting a hard time getting a lot of swing and miss. Um, it just was a little too slow and too loopy. Um, so I wanted to just throw some harder and then I got the cutter out of it. Um, so I was like, this is a good pitch and it plays well off the slider. So I kept that. And then as my velo kept increasing, my slider got better because it became tighter and it wasn't as loopy. So it was more of a fastball of the hand just breaking. So, um, but yeah, so now um, the cutter is actually my go-to pitch wow. most of this year. Um, it, it's probably, if you want to look at it metrically, it's probably a slider. Um, so most teams will tag it as a slider. We tag it as a, what I call it. Um, it's more of a mental cue for me, and so I don't try to do too much. But it's, so it's like 88 to 90, and then my true slider is going to be like anywhere from 82 to 85 kind of thing. Um, but yeah. So do you tunnel your cutter with your fastball? Yeah, so the so like I said, the cutter was kind of like at one. I think I, I had a when I was throwing at forty percent of the time in games. Um, it was one of those pitches like I was setting my fastball up with the cutter kind of thing, almost more than I was t- trying to tunnel the cutter off the fastball. Um, but yeah, so I I a lot of first pitch cutters to get ahead of guys, and then off of that it was good because I had the cutter going lateral or horizontal in the zone. And then depending on how the hitter took it or swung or whatever, I knew I could go fastball up to him or I could even go a slider. The slider tunneled well off the cutter because they came out at the same point, but the slider has more depth. So more depth and a little bit more run to it. Um, So that's why I think helped a lot with my strikeout and swing swing and miss percentage and stuff like that. I think just having – having that pitch in between the fastball and slider that they had to, or they had to kind of respect. And then I could just play off that. Right. That's awesome. That Zach, we just went to pitching school. That was, that was very in depth. That was, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. I, I was not expecting uh, that thorough of an explanation, but honestly, thank you for sharing that with us. That's, that's wicked. Awesome. It blows my brain. You know, we all see, we all see pitching ninja on Twitter. Um, yeah. when he sits down and talks with guys, like it just boggles my brain, like the amount of stuff, you know what, like when you told me, like when your slider got tighter, when you had noticed the increase in fastball velocity, like I never in my mind, and I've been watching baseball a long time. I'm by no means an expert. I'm not paid to be an expert, but I watched a lot of the game. I never would have thought that like the fastball velocity would have correlated with a tighter slider and you know how they play well off of each other. Obviously the slider and the cutter, like you said, with your arm angle, they t- they slot well together because they mm-hmm. have the same release point. 
but uh, that that was fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So if you don't mind, let's take a step back from baseball just for a minute. Let's talk about some things that you enjoy doing outside of the world of baseball. Obviously, there's a lot in your world that you spend doing revolving baseball, training, getting better. Uh, you know, I, I keep telling myself spring training is right around the corner, even though it's not even I'm Thanksgiving down, I'm yet. Down, I'm down, um, <laughs> I know I am too. My, my teams, my, my fall teams, except for the Cavs, are tanking, and I'm, I'm struggling really bad. So what are some things that you enjoy doing outside the world of baseball? Um, so I, huge football fan, huge football fan. Who's your team? So you're from Indiana. Are you a Colts guy? It, it, everybody, nobody believes me when I say I'm, I'm a Chargers. I grew hey. up a Chargers fan. It's weird. Ooh. I, I, I root for the Are you going to watch the game tonight? Uh, when, gonna, when, when we finish, I've, you're going to watch the game? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um I the the way the last time ended when they played the Chiefs wasn't yeah. ideal, but um uh I grew up yeah, I grew up a Chargers fan. I, I have a Ladanian Tomlinson fathead in my childhood no, childhood that's room. Sweet. That's sweet. One of those things, like I've always I've always just loved them. So um but no, I have three younger brothers, so they all play football. Um one plays football in Indiana State, one plays football at Wabash College, which is a D three in Indiana. Um, and then I have a brother who's in high school who also plays football. So um, in the off season, I try to make some time to go see all of them play at some point. Um, they're kind That's of all awesome. over, so it's tough. But yeah, big football family. My dad played football in college, so I was actually gonna. I in high school, I didn't know if I was gonna do baseball or football in college. I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. Um, what position yeah, did so you play? My nice. quarterback. Make, makes sense. Hey. I should have figured that one out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I do I try to spend as much time as I can with family. Obviously, um, we don't get to see them a lot in season. So yeah, especially living in Terre Haute anymore. Like I'll try to go back every every other weekend or something just to see them or go see a game or something. Um, and then just I guess catching up with friends. Um, I used to be a video game guy, but it just it's it's tough for me to get back into it because I feel like when I have some downtime, it's always so on the go that when I have some downtime, I just want to relax. So it's like. I don't do that too much anymore, but um, I was a, I was a decent, I like golfing, but it's too cold in Indiana for that now. So yeah, well, and it's that time of year where the course looks and plays like crap too, because the grass yeah. is all dead and everything's frozen. And I'm going uh, through Guardians. Yeah, we were talking withdrawal. about that the other day out here. I'm literally going through Guardians withdrawal. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I, my, my, I was like, it was literally four o'clock in the morning last night. My wife and I, I didn't sleep. My wife was asking me, Chuck, what's the matter? I miss the Guardians. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, I dead in the eyes. I miss the Guardians. And it's like, and it I was a fun. It was, and I think, I think that's one of the things that I'm like, just, oh, it, it makes not having baseball so hard because I don't think any of us, maybe save for a couple of, I would do anything to watch Cozier Ramirez BP in in Arizona right now. <laughs> that's that's how bad. Like, I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you. Hosey is still wearing a hand brace. Yeah from his surgery. Yeah, so, but I, I think that's one of the things that made the season so fun is none of us would have predicted you that the team him? was going to win 92 games and win the central. Did you follow the, did you follow the guardian season very like a lot this year? Uh, I followed them. I mean, yes, obviously. Um, but with our own season, it's hard to like stay on top of like everything going on every day. Um, once it got to the postseason, I was locked in though. I, like I was obviously watching. It was cool too watching them on TV this off or this postseason because I actually played or know a lot of the guys on the team. So it kind of one of those things like more of a connection 
than just I'm in the organization. Like I played with these guys, like Will Brennan, Stephen Kwan, yes, Morris, yeah. like all those guys. I know them. Like I've been around them. I hang out with them. Like it was just Did really you cool. Think... Do you think? Go ahead, Chuck. Did you think that it was a possibility that you could get uh, you would get called up to the major leagues last year? Was it close? Like was there ever a moment in time where? I, I mean, I mean, especially uh, at the end of the year, we had some I, we had some injuries I, at the end. Yeah, I never had those like conversations like necessarily with anyone in the org about it. But like I personally thought, um, so going into the year, I didn't know. Like obviously, I was expecting a good year, like all this stuff. I didn't know that I would be up in right. Columbus as quick That's as true. I was. Um, yeah. I felt like. Like, I was hoping to be there by the All-Star break or, like, right after. Um, but then once I got called up at the end of May, I think it was, um, I kind of thought, like, maybe, like, at the end of the year there's a possibility. And, like, I had a good summer. Like, I was feeling good. And then I thought, like, maybe there was a chance. Uh, but it was one of those things where the bullpen is just so good in Cleveland right Incredible. now. Um, everybody, was staying, everybody was staying healthy. Like, and it's just they didn't have – I don't think they wanted to waste, um, not waste, but like I felt like it was hard to move pieces around yeah. with the way the forty man was set up. Time with how many younger prospects we had on it, it was harder to take guys off or move guys or like. So I thought it, I knew it would be difficult. Um, I, I thought maybe there was a chance, but. Um, so Zach, I, I have a couple questions here. Now, Timmy, everyone knows how incredible the Guardian system is. We haven't this 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 probably is the. This probably I've been a fan all my life, uh, thirty years. This probably is the best system we've had since I can remember. Yeah, Long so time. yeah, everyone knows like you know like Daniel Espino, Tanner Bybee, Gavin Williams, uh, George Valera, Brian Rocchio. Like, was there one guy in BP or actually an opposite an opponent that gave you a hard time to get out, or whether being live in game or batting practice, training camp? Was there a guy that gave you a headache during that bet? Mackenzie uh, Noel, maybe. Honestly, the biggest one uh, I can think of, um, which he's not like he's not an under he's not like an underrated prospect or anything. But we actually just traded him. But Jose for me oh, is a guy. Oh, St. Louis. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 He's a guy I pitched to in spring training a couple of times, and he's just he's one of those guys like he has some of the best plate discipline I've ever seen. And like you're, I'm throwing two strike pitches to him that he's not swinging. I'm like, why aren't you yeah. swinging? Like that was a great pitch. It's one of the things he'll foul off five pitches in a row. Like he makes you work for the out if you get him out. So he's one of those guys. Like I knew like, Hey, this is probably gonna be like an eight pitch at bat, like eight to 10 pitches. <laughs> That's <Like>. so cool. <laughs> I, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So he's one of those guys like, yeah, it's just like, yeah. So like, I mean, obviously he's not in the org anymore, but he was one of those guys in spring training is, and he's a great guy too, which makes it even more fun. But he uh, he was one of those guys in spring training. Like he comes to the plate, like oh man, not again. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit I was a bit sad when I saw the news that he was traded. He it's was sad. he was on my board. He was on my board as a maybe. Um, yeah, but that's one of those things where there there is still a gaggle of other middle infielders. That, I think it, I I was happy for him because I think it was a better situation for him long term. Because I think we we're just so stacked at the middle yep. infield position that it. Not saying he couldn't. It's 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 hard for him to get that playing time. So, so. I think I think his path to the majors in St. Louis is a little bit more clear cut. Hmm? Didn't the Cardinals roster him? Well, they had to because he was oh, R five eligible. Yeah. 
Yep. So, so they did. Yeah. They did select his contract. So Timmy, Timmy mentioned something really, really interesting. I have we me, me and Z, you know we got to do better with this because we're we're fans. We don't work for the team. We're not we're not PR. You know, so it, we get we get upset and angry when players get traded. But at the same time, it really is could be you know especially young players. It really could be what's best for their for their career. So I was talking, you know, like Nolan Jones. You know, I I, I was losing my shit. On I did not see that I, coming. I, I was, I was that one blindsided on me. And you know, we all love Nolan Jones, but you know, at the same time, you know, there's uh, an incredible like talent, talented outfielders all the way, and, and including you know George Valera, Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan, Will Brennan. It goes on and on and on. It doesn't it doesn't doesn't end. Miles Straw. So. What's best for the, we got to look out for also for what's best for young players' careers as well. It's just going to break my heart seeing yep. him hitting yep. four hundred foot nukes in Coors Field. That's going to go on for that. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's, I that's so. Yeah, it's not always a lot of from the players' perspective anyway. It's a lot of times like that you might love an org or the org you're in. It's like it's might not always be the best situation for you as a player. And I think I think the org like it's one of those things like it comes to a point where they might recognize that too. And that's why they make moves sometimes. Like, realize, like, Hey, like we may not see a future with you, but this other team might. So like, we'll try to trade pieces around or uh, whatever, but yeah. So well, it's like I told Kelsey winger on Twitter they're they are going to love him in Colorado. I fully expect to see him hitting 480 foot nukes into the third deck yeah. at course yeah. field. He is going to absolutely. So smash. I said this on a, po- and, you know, it's good for the Rockies. So- so Timmy, we didn't know that your contract your contract was purchased for the forty man roster until like six forty five. Until like the tweet came out yep. about all like the whole the whole yep. the whole roster. Uh, so you know Angel Martinez, Joey Cantillo, Timmy Heron, and then Juan Brito. So we got the trade and the contract purchase for the forty man roster in one tweet. I was like in I was in Shoprite. I mean I was like in, I was in a grocery store walking. I had a duck. I had, I had a glass. Do you hear about this, Zach? I had a glass jar of duck sauce for dinner for like I was supposed to bring home for my wife to cook, and I see that Nolan Jones gets traded. I knew Timmy was. I knew I knew you were protected already, so I'm like I'm breathing easy. And then once Nolan Jones got traded in the middle of an hour, I dropped this massive glass of duck sauce, <laughs> and like you know, like the and it was like a huge spill. I couldn't believe because I just saw that we just traded Nolan Jones. It really is incredible, like because there's such a there's such a volume of of talent and all and all the levels of, of yeah. minor leagues that trades just yeah. it happens everywhere in every organization you win some you lose some you look back on it five years later why that we trade this guy it, really, it, it happens all the that's time the, you know the thing you, they, all these trades happen and like in the moment you like it may seem like a good trade or bad trade and then five years down the road it may be the worst thing they've done but it's like yeah in the they're they're thinking what's best for them in the moment so it's just like you got to live with what happens and hopefully it works out for you. But like, obviously like I would love for no one to go to Colorado and just absolutely kill it. That'd be great for him. Like, I'm not going to get back. Like, Oh, we, we messed that. Up. But all right. I got, I got one question for you and then we'll oh, wrap it up. Oh, so do you think, do you think that playing among such a group of young players? So, you know, everybody, we talked about it all year guardians, youngest team in baseball. And it's like, uh, guys, like, the, the blue chip talent that is like coming behind everybody is just as young, if not younger. Like the Guardians were younger than most teams' AAA teams yeah. this year. 
Do you think that playing in that environment with a bunch of young talent, do you think it helps drive you to be better? Um, because to me, watching the game, as somebody that watches the game, there is nothing in the world. And I'm an old fart. I turned 30 this past year. I'm about to turn 31 in June of this coming year. Um, to me, personally, there is nothing more exciting than watching young players play the, the game of baseball because that's, that's the future of the game. You know, do you think that helps push you on your competitive edge? Does it help with team chemistry? Yeah, I mean, I think playing, I mean, just in AAA this year, like you said, um, our AAA team was comparatively to all the teams we were playing, we were very, very young. Yep. And um, especially more towards the end of the season with Valera uh, and Noel. Yeah, so yeah, we were very young, but I think um, not only that, it kind of opened your eyes a little bit to like, hey, like, there's a lot of talent behind you. Like you've make sure that you got to lock in, like play well and do your job. But it also, I feel like a lot more energy in the locker room. Um, a lot more guys that are um, just excited about playing and it makes the season cause it's a long season. Like yeah. we're, we go to training in February. We're not done playing a season until the end of September. Like it's a long year to grind. Um, but I think having, and I don't know if this just to be, it did for us that um there was always a lot of energy in the locker a lot of guys just always kind of not really goofing around but we're always having fun playing games like it was just good energy in the locker room and i think that helps a lot with how long of a season it is and i think it lets guys play better because you're a lot more loose you're not really like you're not out there like oh my god like it's july 23rd and we've got two months left <laughs> so it's like it's like one of those things like you're you're excited to go to the clubhouse day because i mean friends like you're not just you're not just co-workers with them like these guys are your friends you spend almost more time with them than you do with your family during the year like yeah so it's i feel like it's big to be one of those locker where there's a lot of energy a lot of cohesiveness um and i thought we had that in columbus and i think it showed i think we played really well and like we had a little skid at the end of the year with kept us out of the playoffs but i thought for the most part the whole season like we had we played well and i thought yeah it was a lot of fun one of the best offenses in minor league baseball. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chuck, you got any closing so, thoughts? I just want to get into your offseason program a bit. Are you heading out to Arizona anytime soon? Are you training in Indiana? What's your story for your offseason program? Uh, um, so I've been going back to my place. I train out here in Indy. Um, I started back up like the end of October um, full time. Like I went in a couple of days a week after the season just to kind of keep moving around doing some things but um so i'm i'm progressing in my throwing program right now um kind of taking it week by week and um i don't as of now i'm not going out to arizona um for a minute but i do have they know i have a good facility here i have like a full turf field um we have a track man rap soto we have our own strength coach at my place i train at like it's good and like they've they obviously the guardians are touching base with me and like making sure they're following along what I'm doing. Um, just so we're having a combined plan and they're not thinking I'm doing one thing and I'm doing the other. But, um, as of now, I'm just going to stay in Indianapolis and keep training here. And, um, it's what I've done the last couple off seasons. So right on, man. Well, it's definitely working. Uh, don't, don't quit because, I, I hope we see you in a Guardians yeah, uniform this so, coming season. You know, that's, that's a I long mean, way away. On behalf away. of uh, Zach, 
It really was not. It really was not yep. a lot of fun to talk to Timmy. And Timmy, never change. You're an awesome. You're an awesome human being, brother. <laughs> and just and yeah, dude. You're... And you're obviously a great baseball player, great pitcher, but more importantly, you're you're an amazing human being to sit down and talk to. And I appreciate you it, guys. will have I... a fan yep. every single day, whether it's in Columbus or in Cleveland, cheering for you every single day. And I got a feeling we'll be seeing you in Cleveland this year. But hopefully sooner and later. But you you have two fans in us going to be screaming for you every day to make it. That's for sure. Yes, sir. I, I appreciate it, guys. It really means a lot. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Right on, Timmy. Well, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. That's yes. Tim Aaron. And so there you all have it. Uh, Tim is a great dude. He was super chill, super humble. As you guys can tell, just super easy to talk to. And uh, his career path has taken off uh, in a flash, man. Uh, that's uh, black powder in a flash pan for sure. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Um, I think right now for the off season, we're going to try to stick to every other week um, because I am in academics for my job. Um, and it just it takes up a lot of time that I need to have to be able to study uh, and learn the material for why I'm out here. Yes. Banished Oklahoma for four months. It's not a big deal. Sucks being away from family. But like I said, guys, none of this would be possible without Chuck. Chuck is the brains behind these player interviews, behind, you know, just asking people to come on the show. None of this would be possible without him. Uh, If he told me that I would be interviewing players on the 40-man roster and had played in the major leagues when I started this podcast, uh, I would have said you were nuts. But... I cannot take sole credit for that. Chuck is every bit the brains and heart behind this as much as I am. You know, I handle the brains. I do all the post-editing, the cleanup. Uh, I do all the editing and the producing and all that good stuff. But it takes, it takes a team to make this work, um, especially with how much time we've put into it. So uh, I want to thank you guys for listening because none of this would be possible without you we wouldn't have a reason to do it so we're going to keep trying to get more players to hold you guys over uh, we got some off-season content planned but for now we'll see you guys two weeks from this episode so have a happy thanksgiving a merry christmas if you celebrate christmas happy hanukkah happy holidays merry new year happy chrysler whatever go guards <laughs>